Welcome to the Southridge Church Podcast, where our mission is leading people to find and follow Jesus. We're thrilled that you are here, and it's our hope that this message will lead you to find and follow Jesus. I would ask you to take your Bible this morning, if you have one, to the book of Genesis, all the way to the book of Genesis. And let's go to Genesis chapter number three this morning. Genesis chapter number three. We're going to kick off a brand new series entitled Flannel Graph Gospel. I, several months ago, I was deeply concerned that when it came to God's Word and when it came to knowing the Bible, I don't know if we have that grasp that we should. And so I decided, how can I help us to really get these principles, these stories that I kind of grew up with? I mean, these are kind of stories that I've known kind of all my life. I was a pastor's kid and so just kind of grew up in the church. And as I was thinking, what's the best way to kind of teach some of these principles? God just kind of took me back to my Sunday school days. Now, I'm just curious, how many of you, you went to something called Sunday school? Can I see your hands? You went to Sunday school. Way more than I thought. That is awesome. Man, I I had some great memories of Sunday school and I had the perfect Sunday school teacher. I don't think there was a better Sunday school teacher than the one that I had. My Sunday school teacher, I don't know if she could have been anything other than a Sunday school teacher. You say, why? Because her name is Barbara Church. I mean, with a last name like Church, you can't really be a bartender. That's kind of out, you know. There's certain things you just can't do. Can't be a career criminal, you know. I got to go, go to church to get my, get my fix. No, it just doesn't, doesn't really work. You know, church, that last name speaks of integrity, speaks of so many things. So politics is out, you know. There's a lot of things you just couldn't be a part of with that kind of last name. So being a Sunday school teacher really just fit, and she loved her job. And she, week in, week out, was just faithful. And there was something that uh, Barbara Church would do that I just, I love and adored. And I want to pull out old school because... Some of us may remember, may not remember flannel graph. Let me see your hands. How many of you remember the old flannel graph? Oh, okay, y'all in for a trade, okay? We're going old school, all right? I was born in the 80s. I'm a child of the 90s, and I was talking with somebody the other day, and I said, the 90s were just, just, oh, that was 25 years ago. Oh, my goodness, man, we is old. But I want to bring back something because I feel like it teaches a valuable principle. You see, my Sunday school teacher, she would teach things, but then she would illustrate it using flannel graph. And flannel graph is something that's been around for a long time. And throughout this series, we're going to pull out the flannel graph and we're going to be using some flannel graph. And we're going to start in Genesis. And the story of Genesis is really, it's the story of creation. That's where we're starting. Man, don't you like that? Isn't that cool? I love flannel graph. You just, you just pop it up there. Who needs PowerPoint? Who needs any of the fancy pro presenter? When you got flannel graph, that's what we had back in the day, y'all, flannel graph. And so the, the scripture in Genesis is really opening up with the story of the creation. You see, the Bible, the stories in the Bible seem like just a collection of different stories, but in actuality, it's really one story. Yes, there is multiple books. Yes, there's multiple authors. Yes, it spans over a thousand years to write. And sometimes we can look at the stories and they all seem disconnected. 
But this morning, I want you to see throughout this series that as we pull out these Bible stories, some familiar, some unfamiliar, I believe these stories that are contained in the Bible are going to help you make sense of your dreams, desires, and disappointments. That's really the goal of this series. It's helping you to look at this book and to understand why it's important for you and I to read it, to meditate on it, to study it, to look at this word and say, I'm going to prioritize time each and every day to get in this book. Because this book has not only the words of life, but it has the life that you and I need. And so I want us to dive in. And if you have a copy of God's word, I would love for you to go to Genesis chapter number 3. Genesis 3. It should be easy to find. Shouldn't have a hard time finding it. I love it when we bring Bibles, and if you didn't bring one, we will give you a Bible. We'd love for you to have one. Also, it'll be up on the screen. But here's what the Scripture says. It says this, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the trees which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will, sure, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Abraham, or excuse me, to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. And I want us to end right there, verse number 10. I was afraid, and I hid myself. Let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless your word. And God, I just pray that this morning the truth that's found in this text would help us. I pray that people would come out of hiding. I pray that you would help us to know that there is more to life than the life that we hide behind. And so, Father, I pray that you would illuminate your word, bless it in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. So the book of Genesis really starts off with the creation story. And the creation story is really one where God said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God separated the light from darkness. That's the creation story. And throughout the story of creation, it's just one creation after another and God began to create this beautiful world that we call planet Earth. And today, many people would debate, and we can get into a debate on how was the Earth created? Was it evolution? Is it primordial ooze? Here's the, here's the reality of it, my friend. If God didn't create it, if we're just an accident, then there are no consequences. And then there is no morality. And our world, because of that foundation, now acts without morals. Our morals and our foundation come from God. And so we've got to go back to the creation story, back to Genesis, and see that God created everything, and it was beautiful, and it was perfect, and it was harmonious. 
But something happened after creation. You see, there's the creation story that God created everything and God existed, creation. But then we just read of an event and this is the rebellion of man. You see, you had God, you have creation, you have rebellion, but then we're going to go into the next part of the story. And here's the big idea over the series is, the series is this, you've got God, you've got creation, you've got rebellion, you've got rescue, and then you've got restoration. That is the entire Bible. And that's where we're going to cover over the next several months leading up to Easter. You see, the passage we just read, everything was perfect. Everything was good. There was no sin. They were just perfect in the garden. And there's Adam and there's Eve and they're enjoying the relationship. And then the serpent comes in and asks the question. And because of the question, that leads them to partake of the fruit and they partake of what God had said not to. And then they discover their eyes are open and they see that they're naked. And so they do something. The Bible says that they sow fig leaves together because they wanted to hide. And I believe this morning, many people are hiding. We're hiding. You see, the first hiding didn't start when they went into the forest and hide behind the trees. The first part where they hid is where they made themselves coverings. They wanted to cover things up. They wanted to hide the parts about them that they didn't want others to see. But at this time, there's only two people. There's Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, they know each other. So why would they be afraid of each other? They were afraid of God seeing something. But why? They had seen God before. They had walked with God. But shame makes us want to hide. I used to play a game growing up called sardines. Sardines is basically where one person is it and everybody else goes and hides. And the person who's it has to go find where you're hiding. And the winner is the one who can hide the longest. So the goal is to find the best hiding spot. The goal is to stay hidden the longest. And whoever stays hidden the longest, finally, you are declared the winner of sardines. You're the winner of the game. And it was a blast. We'd play all over my neighborhood. We would hide in people's balconies. We'd hide in their trees. We couldn't go inside anybody's house, but everything else in the neighborhood was fair game. And I believe this morning, many people, they think the goal of life is to hide. But I want you to understand, if you're taking notes, hiding isn't helping you. And this morning, some of you this morning, you're hiding behind things. You're hiding because of the shame. You're hiding because of the guilt. And the enemy knows that God would never hide from you. Get this this morning. The enemy knows God's never going to hide from you. So the trick that he plays is he gets you to hide from God. And that's exactly what happened in this passage. You see, God's not hiding from you. You may feel like God is distant. You may feel like God is silent. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God is not hiding from you. The devil's trying to get you to hide from God. So he'll do this in several ways. He'll try to get you to isolate yourself from Christian community. He'll try to get you distant from the church. He'll try to get you so you don't have time to get in the word. He'll try to get you so you don't answer the text message from that Christian brother or sister checking up on you. He'll try to keep you from everything that you know you should be involved in because his goal is to get you to hide. But I love the fact that God stepped in and God went looking for them. God wasn't going to allow them to stay hidden. But the question this morning is, why are you hiding? I believe we hide because a part of us feels exposed. And when we feel exposed, we want to cover up. I think we've all had that dream. You went to work. You're in the board meeting. And then somewhere in the dream, you realize something 
is missing. And you realize that you're in this dream, and all of a sudden in this dream, you realize, I don't have any clothes on. It's called the naked dream. I know we're in church. Let's not go too far with the illustration. But there's a point where you're like, I can't believe it. I went to work. And then they were like, what are you doing here? Nothing. It's work day. Where are your clothes? Oh, my goodness. Then you have this realization, and you wake up in cold sweat because you want to make sure you really didn't go to work. You really didn't give that conference call. You really didn't jump on that Zoom call because all of a sudden you feel exposed. We hide when we feel exposed. And sometimes life exposes us. We don't just hide because we're exposed. We hide because we're embarrassed. We also hide because we want to escape. And then we'll make excuses so we can stay hidden. That's everything that Adam does because Adam wanted to stay hidden. He didn't want to come out of hiding. And some of you this morning, it's going to be difficult to get you to come out of hiding because you found a place and you say, no, this is where I want to be this morning. And first and foremost, I want you to understand if you're taking notes, God wants you to come out this morning. Verse number nine, the Bible says, then the Lord God called. And I love that he called them. It doesn't say he yelled at them. He didn't scream at them. The Bible says he called to Adam and said to him, where are you? That's what your God does. You see, some of us are so afraid of coming out of hiding. Why? Because we are afraid of the guilt. We're afraid of the shame. We're afraid of the judgment. We are afraid of the pain that we're going to have to face. Some of us, we are people pleasers, so there's no way we're coming out of hiding because people like this version of us, and we're afraid that they wouldn't like the version if we came out of hiding. But this morning, don't stay hidden. Because Satan's greatest goal is for you to once again stay hidden from God. He wants that relationship cut off because God was all about us being together and our hiding separates that. You see, I grew up in a pastor's home and in a pastor's home, there was uh, uh, lots of time at church and I would just get to wander through the classrooms and wandering through the classrooms, I went into one of the nurseries and I saw a jar full of pennies, nickels and quarters and dimes. It was the offering. And I was thinking, oh, that's a lot of money. I'd like to have that money. Nobody's around. You look to your left. You look to your right. You look up. You look down. Eh, There's nobody around. You take the money. I know. You could say, how dare you steal from kids? I know. I was a heathen. All right? And I stuck all the change in my pocket. And I was so excited. I had all this change. I was like, man, this is great. And I was even walking around the church. And I was like, I got a dollar. I got a dollar. I got a dollar. Hey, hey. And then you go home, and all of a sudden, a thought hit me. I don't get allowance. I'm too little to be able to do jobs. My parents are going to wonder where I got this money from. So immediately, I got to hide. Now, I'm just little. I'm just, this is early memory. I was maybe four. And so I got to hide, and my parents found me. They said, why are you hiding? No reason. It was like to hide. I said, no, 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 you, you don't just hide for no reason. What'd you do? I didn't steal the money. Nobody was around. I didn't know. <laughs> what? We didn't even ask you about anything. You just start spilling everything. You just start crying. It's like that scene in The Goonies. It's like, okay, I was in the second room of the theater, and then I got the fake mom, and then blah, you know, it's like, no, 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 that's not what we're talking about. But here in this passage, we understand that God wants us to come out of hiding. You see, hiding is hard, especially when you're hiding from God. Some of you are wondering why your life is hard. It's hard to hide. 
It's difficult. And some of us are not enjoying the life that God wants for us because we're hiding. And you say, well, where did I learn to hide? You learned to hide from your great-grandma and great-grandpa, Adam and Eve. That's where. You see, hiding has been handed down to you. But just because hiding has been handed down doesn't mean it needs to be a habit. Let me say it again. Hiding has been handed down to you, but just because something's handed down does not mean you need to make it a habit. And as the bride of Christ, the church, we need to be the people that come out and step into the light and say, I'm not hiding. Nathaniel the prophet went and confronted David and said, David, you're the man that has done wrong. And David repented. David said, I'm wrong. It is my fault. And when God's conviction comes into your life, we need to get it right before him. You see, this story, this epic story of God and creation and rebellion is a rescue story. It's a redemption story. But as long as you are hiding, you are missing out on the intimacy and that fellowship that God wants. And so many Christians are hiding. So this morning, don't hide. You see, many times we hide because of something that has happened. And because of something that's happened... Some of us, we hide in our hurts. Some of you, your favorite place to hide is in your hurts. Anybody that ever talks to you, you say, oh, my parents never loved me. I was abused. Oh, I got a past. You can't move forward because your favorite hiding place is your hurts and what has happened to you. And your past has become chains that prevent you from going on into your future. Because you are living and hiding in your hurts, and every single person has hurts. Moment of transparency. I've told you in the past that I've gone and sought professional counseling and professional help in the past. And I told my wife six weeks ago, I said, you know, I'm dealing with a lot. I think I need to go back and see a professional counselor. And so for the last seven, uh, six, seven weeks, I've been meeting with this Christian counselor. And we'll sit there and he'll just go over my life. And he'll just start talking to me. And he's like, man, your life is messed up. Wow, your life sucks. And I'm like, how much did I pay you again? I was like, I didn't feel this bad before talking to you. But I feel worse. And I think I'm going to stop seeing him, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I think he has the best of motives. But he's given me an excuse to hide in my hurt. And I'm not a victim anymore. You see, my past describes me. It does not define me. This morning, your past may describe you. It does not define you. And many people, you're hiding your hurts. And so you think, I am a drug addict. I am a divorcee. I am an addict. I am a thief. I am a murderer. I am a liar. I am a bad person. No. Stop that. Personality's not permanent. If you're in Christ, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, the lie of the devil is to label you that once an addict, always an addict. Once a divorcee, always a divorcee. Once an abuser, always an abuser. Once abused, always abused. Once a liar, always a liar. Once a sinner, always a sinner. No, no, no. You are in this redemptive story where God doesn't call you that anymore. He calls you a child of God. He says those old things are passed away. So the only person bringing it up 
is either your flesh and the devil. That's the only person because God is saying in Romans 8, 20, or 8, 1, now there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ. No condemnation. God does not condemn you this morning. God sent Jesus to hang on a bloody cross and to bleed out for you and for me. And that precious, miraculous blood has washed away your sins. It's washed away the hurt. So stop hiding in your hurts. God came and cleaned it. He dealt with it. Some of you, you hide in your hurts. You hide in what happened. And I get it. You see, it's hard. It's difficult. But some of us, and this is the most dangerous one, religion is one of the safest places to hide from God because it's what I call hiding in plain sight. You say, what do you mean? They were naked, and so what did they do? They went and picked some leaves, and they did something that I think is tedious and difficult, and I prick my thumb every time I try to do it. They sewed. Question, where did they get the thimble and the needle? Like, where, I mean, where, where did they have time? I, I, we read the Bible like, oh, they were sewing. Where did they get the thread and the needle? You need a special needle with a little hole in the end of it. I mean, we just kind of look at these things and we don't really think about the Bible. Like, they took some time to sew these clothes. Maybe Adam and Eve were designers. Maybe they did a little walkway. Maybe they made little outfits. We don't know how much time they put, but they put some time into this. And that's exactly what religion says. Religion says do works. Do works. You see, religion is man's attempt to get to God. But God came down to man. And religion says you got to do something. So the safest place sometimes to hide is right in the church. To say, yes, amen, glory to God, hallelujah, look at me. And all the while, we got all kinds of junk that we're actually hiding, but we're hiding in plain sight. Put on the smile, fake it till you make it. And I get it. I get the pressure. In a church, it's to perform. And yet God says, come out of that. This is not the religion that God wants for you. God wants life for you, not religious works that you've got to do. And some of us are trapped in it. You see, these fig leaves, I don't know how long it took. And some of us, religion is going to fail you. You think it's going to fix it, but it's going to fail you. So some of you think just serve harder, give more, smile more, read more. How about you say, it's not about religion, it's about a relationship with God. And it's saying, God, let me just come back to you. Let me just come into your presence, God. Let me just be here with you. And may I say to you this morning, leave the leaves. Leave them. Leave the religion. It's not about what you can do to please God. God loved you. That's why he went searching for you. And yet you and I, we hide. And the church is filled with people who hide. And we've got to be people that say, I'm done hiding. I'm going to come out and I'm going to say, God, here I am. Warts and all. Mess and all. And you will find the grace and mercy of God to be real. Because when you hide, you never get to experience God's grace and mercy. But when you come into the light, all of a sudden you get to experience this grace. You get to experience his mercy. Because God can't bless who we pretend to be. And some of us are like, why is my life not being blessed? Because God knows we're hiding. And God says, just be honest with who you are. And here's the thing. God knows where you are. Even though he asks, Adam, where are you? Don't you think omniscient, omniscient, omnipowerful, all-knowing God knew where they were? He wanted them to know where they were. He wants you to get honest with where you are. 
Notice God didn't ask him, what did you do? That's my problem as a parent. Something goes wrong, I'm like, what did you do? I heard something smash, crack, and cry. All right, so what did you do? God does it, where are you? And I don't think this is a location question. I think this is about the heart. That's the question. Where are you right now? Sometimes my wife will come up to me and she'll ask me the question. She'll say, I just feel distant from you. Where are you? I'm in the kitchen making a sandwich. No, 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 where are you? Oh, you want to know where my heart is, where my mind is. You want that back. You're calling me to something real. I can't fake where my heart is. I can't do some religious work and pretend. You're calling me out. But it's when I get called out that ultimately that's where I find the mercy and forgiveness and grace of God. You see, don't allow your hiding spot to become your haven. And some of you have found a miserable comforter in that haven of your hiding spot. And it's time that we say, God, okay, I'm going to come out. And then number two, I'm going to come clean. The Bible says in verse 10, so he, that's Adam, said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Wait a minute, that's not what happened. And we do this, don't we? We're real good at telling part of the story. Did Adam tell God the whole story? He left out a detail. I ate of the forbidden fruit, God, and my eyes were opened. And I've lost the glory and the fellowship is broken. And because it was broken, I hid. Instead, what does he say? Oh, I was naked. And so I hid. I had that weird dream and I woke up and I grabbed some fig leaves and I made a little loincloth and I made a little, little two-piece for Eve. And man, we hid. He's not coming clean, is he? God wants you to come clean. God wants you to come out and, Adam, you know that's not the whole story. Who are, you, who are you kidding? How about it's time that you say, no, I'm gonna tell you the whole story and fully come out of hiding because until we get honest, you will always be hidden. Honesty is the key to getting out of hiding places. It's not until we get fully honest, till we, till we say, God, here's everything. I'm bringing it all to you. Not that you don't know it, but God, I've got to get it out. Because when I confess it, then I can forsake it. But until it's confessed, you can't forsake it. Because there's a part of you that says, I'm keeping a little for me. We're like Achan at Jericho. I'm going to go hide this Babylonian garment of a little bit of silver. I'm going to hide it. Why am I going to hide it so I can come back to it where nobody else will find it? I'm going to leave it buried. And some of us, we hide little things. Instead of just saying, no, no, no I'm going to bring this out, everything. This is all I've got. This is my whole entire everything. And I'm bringing it to God. And I'm just going to stand in your grace and your mercy. And I'm going to throw myself at your feet. And God, whatever you decide, that's what I'm going to take. Because, God, I have done this, and so I need to come out of hiding. And hiding is harder than getting honest. Because when you hide, we avoid, we blame, and we cut off communication. That's the ABCs of hiding. We start to avoid people, we start to blame people, and we cut off communication. People that hide, I'll see you at the grocery store. Hey, where, where are you going? I don't want to see the pastor. Or anything. 
haven't been to church in five weeks. I don't want to see him. He's probably going to chew me out. We avoid. We blame. I can't go to church. The weather's bad. And the Niners are winning. They're on a hot streak. And I think it's because I sit in my lucky seat every Sunday in my living room. That's keeping them going. So, Pastor, you, I, you don't see how much I gambled to win. I mean, they're, they're favored to win. I got a lot of money right now. I can't leave my seat because I'll tithe and I'll give to that building. You're blaming. You're blaming. See, we cut off communication. No, I don't want to talk to the pastor anymore. I just cut it off. And Satan wins. When I was little, I ran away from home. I didn't go very far. I went in the garage and I hid. I was feeling a little neglected, unloved, unwanted. So I said, I'll show my parents. I'm gonna run away. So I planned it all. Packed the little bags, so my clothes would be missing. Made a little sandwich, you know, leave the stuff out. Write a little note. I ran away, I joined the circus. Leave it on your bed. I didn't have the stick with the little knapsack, so I just grabbed my little belongings, my G.I. Joe, and a pair of clean underwear and go to the garage and hide. And I got under, we had all of our camping gear, so I hung, hide under there and I just waited. I said, this could be great. They're gonna be looking for me and they're gonna be crying. Where's Micaiah? This could be a beautiful sight. Then I'm gonna pop out and be like, don't worry, stop crying, mom and dad. I'm here, your favorite child is here. The beloved has returned. The prodigal is here. Kill the fatted calf. Let's celebrate. I'm home. This is my idea. I waited there. 30 minutes goes by. Nothing. I said, it's okay. They haven't noticed yet. Haven't read the note yet. 45 minutes goes by and nobody's looking for me. Nobody's panicking. Nobody's screaming. An hour goes by. Nobody's panicking. An hour and a half goes by. And now I'm starting to get a little bit annoyed. Two hours go by. Half the day has gone by. I need to use the restroom, and I didn't pack any water, and I'm mad. So I storm into the house. Hey, everybody. I said, oh, well, hey. I ran away. Didn't you notice? Oh, we just noticed it was quiet. It was peaceful. God's not like that. When you're hiding, God's on an epic search. The Bible says, for the Son of Man is come, Luke 19, 10, to seek and to save that which is lost. God is on this epic rescue mission. And if you and I, we won't come out and say, God, I'm going to come out and I'm going to come clean. God wants to do a great work in your life. And understand, if you say, no, 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 I'm going to stay silent and hide. Our silence protects our self-image, but it leaves shame intact. And some of us want to protect a self-image, and yet your shame will continue to live intact. But confession breaks the control of sin and shame over your life. This morning, if you will confess and forsake, God will heal. He will cleanse. But my question is, why are you hiding from the only one who can heal you? And that's a sad reality, and that's where Satan ultimately wants you to be. Hiding from God, the one who can heal you from every hurt. Heal you from whatever has happened. But I will say this. God can't heal what you hide. And so all the hurt, all the pain, as long as you're hiding, God says, I can't heal that. And some of you are asking God to do a work, but he says, bring it into the light. 
where I can deal with it. Let me close with a biblical illustration. There was a woman for 12 years had an issue of blood. She was unclean, so she couldn't go into the temple. And Jesus has just been asked by Jairus, the leader of the synagogue there, to go and heal Jairus' daughter. And so Jesus is making his way through this crowd, and there's a large crowd there, and he's making his way through. And as Jesus is going through the crowd, this woman who for 12 years has been sick, for 12 years has been unable to go into the temple, for 12 years she has been cut off, distant. For 12 years she suffered, she's ran out of money, she's found no healing. And in that moment, she says to herself, if I can just touch his garment, I will be healed. And so she reaches out, and many of you know the story, she touches the hem of Jesus' garment and in that moment she knew she was healed but then Jesus does something he stops and he says this who touched me and then the disciples say Lord everybody's surrounding you why are you asking who touched you we're all touching you there's no COVID, no six-foot social distancing. We're not doing any of that. Come on, we, everybody's bumping shoulders with you. And he said, no, 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 somebody touched me for virtue has gone out of me. Meaning power has gone out of me. Healing has gone out of me. No, somebody with a touch of faith, somebody has touched me. Now, here's the thing. In that moment, this woman, everything inside of her says, you have just crossed the line. She's ceremonially unclean. So understand, in Levitical law, she cannot touch anybody because whoever she touches, that person is now unclean. That person, she has wronged them. So for Jesus to call her out, all of a sudden, now she's thinking, I'm going to be in shame. And who's he with? He's with the leader of the local synagogue who's the one who enforces the rules. And now Jesus is saying, who did it? What's this woman want to do? Everything inside of her wants to hide. But then this woman does something. She steps out of hiding. She says, I touched you. And then Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. He didn't rebuke her. He didn't condemn her. He didn't say, how dare you? You made me ceremonially unclean. Instead, he said, your faith has made you whole. It's the moment we come out of hiding that all of a sudden you see the power that you need to overcome those things that forced you to hide. It's those things that you wanted to escape. It's those things that you were embarrassed by. It's those things that exposed you. All of a sudden, you bring it to the light of his glorious gospel, and all of a sudden, God says, I can take care of this. Don't worry about this. I can cover it. we got to end in this verse because Jesus does something in verse 21. The Bible says that the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and he clothed them. God has robe dipped in his blood that have been washed whiter than snow and he wants to give you a new robe of righteousness. He wants to clothe the shame. He wants to clothe the guilt. But until you and I come into the light, he can't do it. So this morning, church family, don't hide behind religion. Don't hide behind your good works. Don't hide behind what has happened to you. Don't hide behind your hurt. This morning, you've got to say, God, I'm stepping into this light. I don't care what people think of me. I don't care what people may assume, but God, I am going to bring this exposed part, and I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to bring it to you. And here's the promise of Scripture. 
Whatever we uncover, God covers. But whatever we cover, God uncovers. This morning, I would rather say, God, here I am in all my faults, all the brokenness, all the sin that you already know. And God say, all right, let me cover it with my righteousness so that when my father looks at you, he sees me and my righteousness. Let's stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. This morning, God is calling you out of hiding. So come out of hiding. I firmly believe that if the devil will ever get a stronghold in your life, it'll be from the secret places. Because the devil always goes after the small places because he understands it's the small that it can have the most significant. And so if you and I will continue to have these secrets, we will continue to be sick and God wants to come and bring healing and wholeness to our life. But we will never find that wholeness until we say, God, here it is. And in that moment, you will taste and see that the Lord is good. And some of you have never seen the full depth of God's grace, the full depth of his love, the full depth of his mercy. The Apostle Paul said, how wide, how high, and how deep is the Father's love. He said it's measureless. He couldn't measure it. But if you and I are stuck to our religion, our religion says I can earn his love. Our religion says I can be good enough. But that's just another hiding place. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, you say this morning, there's some things that are hidden. I want to come out of hiding this morning. I want to bring this to the light of the gospel. But I'm embarrassed. I want to excuse these things and I want to escape it because church, I've been there. It's messy. It's hard. And then it just gets stronger in our life. It doesn't get weaker. But if you want to weaken things, we bring it into the light so it can die. And so this morning, I want to pray for you. With nobody looking around, but with just heads bowed and eyes closed, can I pray for you? Would you slip up a hand and say, yes, I just got these places in my life that I just need God to deal with. I see those hands. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your honesty. Amen. I see those hands. Your honesty is the key to getting out of that hidden place. So, Father, we this morning are taking that first step into the light. And so, God, I pray for people that are stuck, hiding. I pray that they would know your goodness and your freedom and your mercy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to just lead us in a song of worship. If you'd like to slip out for prayer, I'll be right here to pray with you. But we just want to have a time where we just come forward. If you just want to kneel, you just want to pray, you want to make an altar of your seat and say, God, I just need to get this right with you. I just want to create a space for you to do so. So worship team.
Thank you so much for listening to today's message. If this message inspired you and helped you, we would love for you to hit like, subscribe, or share it with someone today. Until next time, have a great day.